won't So everybody, welcome along to Americana, the American way. Americana, the American way is what this is called on all your uh, podcasting platforms on YouTube and Rumble and on parlor you can find me at the real big john all one word um so as some of ye know uh <laughs> uh aside from politic and, and american history and whatever uh one of my favorite things is professional wrestling wrestling and uh tonight the I guess I can't say the anymore. Let me make sure I'm centered on the camera. There we go. Tonight in wrestling was uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame. And it's probably, well, it has been in years past, in non-COVID years, it's usually the best uh, sports slash entertainment Hall of Fame ceremony. Usually there's a arena filled with fans or a, not really an arena, but a a concert hall of some kind, um, an auditorium, what, whomever, whatever, you get my point. And, uh, you know, the wrestlers, they're usually in spandex tights or in their tuxedos and fancy, smancy clothing and all of that fun stuff. And this year was a little different. Um, they didn't have... Uh, presenters they just announced the person coming out but anyways I don't want to get into a whole breakdown of the thing but um, wanted to acknowledge some things that I liked about the WWE Hall of Fame before I get into uh, the politics of the day uh, they have a tradition of uh, inducting people that have been retired for a long time, uh, have probably uh, passed away uh, before they could be uh, inducted formally. And this year, well, for the 2020 class of the Legacy Hall of Fame, they call it, the they had two Hall of Fame inductions in one night. The 20, 
20 class that we missed because of the pandemic last year. And then they did the 2021 class. All right. So the legacy Hall of Fame members of people I want to talk about. You had the Crippler Ray Stevens. He was from an era where, you know, it wasn't a lot of high flying things. I did see him doing a, a yeah, quite a few uh, jumping off the top rope things, but it wasn't the flippy floppy shit we see today. You had a guy named Brickhouse Brown who was very uh, chiseled, diesel, cut in shape, African-American guy, not that that matters. But he was always somebody I heard about and watched when I was a kid a couple times. Never made it huge uh, nationally, but he was always talked about in the magazines and things like that. When I was a kid, you had to go to the store, and if the wrestling wasn't, if it wasn't WWF or the National Wrestling Alliance or one of the other, you know, larger territories that had a TV deal, the only way you could read about your favorite wrestlers or wrestlers uh, that you didn't see on TV was in magazines. And Brickhouse Brown was somebody you always heard about in magazines. Another guy that was in the uh, Legacy Hall of Fame for 2020 was uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Uh, he was a college football standout at Oklahoma when they were in their heyday. Uh, <laughs> he, he was he was just cool. He, he was one of the guys that he seemed he, he, like he could really kick some butt. You know, like he was a legit tough guy in the 80s when... You know, WWF was cartoon characters on steroids, uh, literally. Dr. Death was, he was big. He might have taken roids, but he was not over the top big, and he was believable. Uh, another guy was Gary Hart, one of the great wrestling managers. And he was a legit manager. He would get... A wrestler that was good from other areas, bring them into a territory, uh, develop them, and, and I mean, he really did this. It wasn't just his gimmick. And then once they got to the point that they didn't need him to help them uh, get over with the promoter, he would leave and find another project. He would leave that wrestler to themselves. Uh, and also he was, I always knew him as bald headed. Well, he was going bald and didn't look very good. So he ended up shave, having a hair versus something match like hair. Maybe it was hair versus hair or hair versus world championship title. I don't know. But if his guy lost, he had to get his head shaved. And of course his guy lost. And they shaved his head, and he spent the rest of his career uh, looking really good bald. But uh, And then finally for the 2020 Legacy class, they had somebody I never heard of uh, from the 50s. Uh, his name was Baron Michel Leone. I think he was a French wrestler. It must have been pretty big for the WWE to induct him. 
the 2021 class of the Legacy Hall of Fame were was uh, start off with Dick the Bruiser. This guy, Ric Flair, used to carry Dick the Bruiser's suitcases uh, to and from the car. And that's how Ric Flair got started in the business, was carrying Dick the Bruiser's bags. And Dick the Bruiser was uh, popular all the way up into the 80s. When finally a team called the Road Warriors uh, beat the hell out of him and his partner, the Crusher. And it hurt, you know, Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher in the people's eyes. But when you you start out your wrestling in the early '60s, and it's 1983, and you're in your '50s, it's time to move on. And the Road Warriors came out, and uh, they hit the ring, and Bruiser and Crusher, or no, they went right after Bruiser and Crusher, and Hawk kicked one of them in the gut. Road Warrior Animal punched the other one in the gut, and then they did a double press slam, and the famous line that uh, Road Warrior Animal said was, uh, Crusher said, what are you guys doing to us? And Hawk says, whatever we want. <laughs> so that kind of ended uh, Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher's uh, reign as a, a top tag team, but it was time for something new. Then you had one of my favorite guys was Pez Watley or Pistol Pez Watley. He went back and forth from WWE, WWF, uh, and National Wrestling Alliance in several different territories uh, from the 70s up to the 90s. And he always had this really cool strut, but he never won a match that I can remember. Uh, his job was to make the other wrestlers, the, the top wrestlers, look good and give them a competitive match. It wasn't just a, a squash match, but he was there to make them look good in him losing. Next guy was in 2021's Legacy Class, Buzz Sawyer. I liked Buzz Sawyer as a kid. I, I didn't see him wrestle a lot, but... When I did, his matches were entertaining. And he's most known for for modern wrestling fans as being the guy that ripped off The Undertaker. He started a training school, or somebody said that he was starting a training school. And The Undertaker and four or five of his buddies went to this guy's house. And he taught them a few things like in his front yard, in his garage... And he charged him like $2,000 or $5,000 each. And then he got a call to go work at another territory because he was in between wrestling gigs because of personal demons, we'll say. And Buzz Sawyer just bolted with their money. Uh, so that was the story of Buzz Sawyer. Then you had uh, a black lady I'd never heard of. Uh, but she was pretty cool. She was Ethel Johnson. She was the first black woman wrestler. And, and this was in the 1950s. So women's wrestling was sparse. But to be a black woman wrestler in the 50s was probably even uh, more difficult. But she was the first woman wrestler to be able to really do a drop kick. 
which is uh, not an easy thing to make look good. You know, if a wrestler can do a really good drop kick, they've got some athletic ability. Uh, and lastly, in 2021's uh, legacy class was Paul Bosch, uh, most known for being a ring announcer. Uh, he was also a promoter, and he's someone I've heard a lot. If you listen to the Jim Cornette podcasts, uh, you'll hear the name Paul Bosch a lot. He was real big uh, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s in wrestling. Um, this was supposed to be four hours long. It only was three hours long. And they had the shortest speeches that I can remember. And I kind of like the longer speeches better. Uh, because, of course, this year they were doing two classes. But... When the wrestlers were given longer to speak in the past, they did a lot more stories, you know. Uh, the 2020 Hall of Fame was hosted by Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, the 2021 was hosted by Charlie Caruso, that lady, and uh, Dirty Insecurity Corey Graves. Um... The most deserving person of the night was Nora Greenwald, Molly Holly, because in her era, there were, there were a lot of women's matches that involved women like doing pillow fights, doing uh, stripping each other of their clothes, and whoever you know got their opponent down to their underwear the fastest. Uh, that would be the winner. But Molly Holly was actually a, a state champion power lifter in high school. And she was one of the women that really started having wrestling matches uh, in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And she did a lot, a lot in women's wrestling. She got her head shaved at WrestleMania. Uh, along, so there's only two people to ever get their heads shaved at WrestleMania, her and Vince McMahon. So she's in good company there and she's a good all around person. Uh, you know, she's not, she saved herself for marriage. She didn't have sex until her honeymoon. Uh, that was something she was known for. So very sweet person, good Christian girl, lady, I should say, um, But one day she just walked away from wrestling because it was getting difficult being a, among all the uh, lingerie pillow fight matches. And they tried to make her into a bad guy. Well, she's not a bad person, so that was hard for her to pull off. And so she uh, just moved on when her contract with... WWE was up, she just left, and she had to uh, put out her own documentary on YouTube and talk about what she's doing in life and stuff now, or, well, not now, but uh, post-wrestling, and uh, there's a lot of good interviews out there with Molly Holly, if you have some free time and you're a wrestling fan, so take a little note here for something um but yeah that was kind of cool 
I like this year's Hall of Fame. I just wish some of the speeches would have been longer with some of my, you know, your favorites. So let's take a little break and then we'll talk politics, okay? Good. Maybe if tech will cooperate, it's not cooperating. Now it's cooperating. No, it's not. good enough um so i was watching some things on the telly today television while i was uh i was eating lunch and uh i was able to sit in the restaurant and turn the tv on in the room that i was in and uh so we're talking about major league basketball mlb major league baseball uh, moving their all-star game from Atlanta to, get this, Denver, Colorado. And uh, they say they're doing it to protest this... Uh, um, voting law that Georgia just passed. But I, I wonder, I wah, 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 wonder if uh, it's not, if maybe the real racists here are Major League Baseball, not the players, because most of the players are uh, of color. I guess that's what we're supposed to say now. Uh, Dominican uh, not too many Cubans. What's that other island? Where was Roberta? Puerto Rican. Black, African American. The majority of baseball players are people of color. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I think. Haven't watched baseball. I don't intend to this year. Uh, but Atlanta is 51% black. Okay, the city of Denver is 10% black. So I, I wonder, and people are wondering, um, with, I don't know what the all-star game attendance is going to look like. Um, it, will there be fans there at all? What, if there are going to be fans at the game, they may be counting on it being local fans and are they basically is Major League Baseball the commissioners and the decision makers are they saying well it's more likely that white people that didn't work well 
Is it, are they saying to people, it's more likely that whites will attend the All-Star game than blacks? Because the tickets are not cheap. And I'm not saying black people can't afford the tickets, but maybe Major League Baseball is. Uh, let's face facts. Mo the majority of people who attend sporting events are white. So if you want someone to attend your sporting event during a year where there are travel restrictions, where there may be a fear of travel because, let's face it, this virus has not been controllable by anyone, uh, anything that we've done. Obviously, a vaccine is going to help a lot. But, you know, the, the doctors are talking about a surge in the fall. They're talking about um, mutations in the virus itself that may be resistant to the vaccine. All this other stuff. So is Major League Baseball looking well? Hey, you know, we may get better attendance in Denver than in Atlanta because of the demographics. And uh, I, I think Denver, I'm not going to say they have a higher average income because I'm not positive, but they definitely have a higher white population, 41% more whites than Atlanta. So they said they were changing their cities because of Georgia's new voter law. The problem with that scenario, that theory, that lie, is that Colorado pretty much has the same exact laws. You can go to vote.org slash state slash Colorado and you can see their voting laws one if you're going to vote absentee I do believe it said you had to have a reason two you have to show identification at the ballot box or through absentee voting one of the, the major differences that makes it possibly harder to do the identification, the picture ID card, okay, a state-issued ID card is Colorado charges 12, uh, this is, I looked this up, I actually looked this up, Colorado, they charge you $12.67 for a state ID. For a driver's license, it's $30 and some change. In Georgia, so you can go vote in person or by mail with an ID card, photo ID, Georgia gives you a free photo ID card. So if anything, someone that they say, you know, listen, this is what the Democrats and Major League Baseball and the liberals are saying. They're saying that requiring voter ID hurts lower income, it hurts the, the elderly, and it hurts minorities because these are people that uh, are on fixed incomes, they say. 
Look, man, I've been dead ass broke. There's been times when $12.67 was a lot of money to me. Okay? There was times when I didn't have $12.67 to my name. So, in reality, when you take all of the laws in Colorado that basically mirror the laws in Georgia, and then you tack a $12.67 fee on top of that, it's actually more difficult for somebody who's low income. Uh, they, and this is what the Democrats and the liberals and baseball and the news are reporting. This isn't me. They're saying that, you know, that's predominantly minorities and elderly people. They are going to have a harder time if they're truly low income, like the news and Major League Baseball are claiming. They would have a hard time vote, harder time voting in Colorado because they have to buy a $12 identification card that they can get for free in the state of Georgia. So why is Major League Baseball moving their baseball game to... Uh, Colorado. It's got to be about money. They have to think that they're going to have either better attendance or something financially is drawing them to Colorado. It's not this bullshit about uh, a new voter law because Colorado's voting laws, you can look it up, voter, vote, V-O-T-E dot O-R-G slash state slash Colorado. Look it up for yourself. Okay? Okay. OBKB. Coca-Cola. Guess we're not drinking Coke anytime soon. Uh, they're give. I thought they, and they have, they've, they've given into the woke mafia, but Coca-Cola was woke before woke was cool. If you remember, they had the big, uh, I think it was in the 70s or maybe 80s, because I remember it as a kid, the commercial uh, Buy the World a Coke, and it shows, you know, people from all over the world holding hands and drinking Coca-Cola as, you know, bringing world peace. Um, well, Coke is now giving money, I believe it was a million dollars, to groups that are fighting the Georgia voting laws. Okay? So they've gone full in on this. You know, Delta Airlines, they just issued some, you know, bullshit statements. Now, Delta initially supported this law, said that it makes access to the ballot easier. They said, you know, it ex they extended early voting. They made absentee voting no excuse. So you can, anybody can request an absentee ballot in Georgia without giving a reason. Uh, but the, they require now a voter ID and a couple other things. But you can look up, look up the bill yourself. Make sure you get the, the bill. SB, Georgia SB 202. Not the media's opinion, not the news outlet's opinion. Get the bill and read the text yourself. 
I've read it and I've reported it on previous podcasts, so I'm not doing it again. My question is, will Coca-Cola fund voting in other states? Well, you know, like Joe Biden's home state of Delaware, they don't have uh, no excuse, no reason absentee ballots. They don't have early voting. They don't have Sunday voting. Okay? These are all things that Georgia's opened up in their new voting law. They've made 15-day early voting. They've made, you know, weekend and Sunday voting hours mandatory. Uh, Not Colorado. Colorado is pretty much the same. Um, Not... Delaware, where Joe Biden hails from. And Joe Biden got four Pinocchios from uh, the Washington Times on his remarks about the Georgia voting bill. Uh, there's a saga, a sega going on that I'm so tempted to get into, but I'm not going to George Floyd this one. And it's not about a police shooting of a black man or uh, anything with uh, race or police involved. But this Matt Gates, Matt Gates, he's for the last couple of years, he's been a big, biggie ordeal to conservative Republicans. And now an allegation came forth that he was flying around with a 17-year-old female at some point. Uh, And then, of course, the other allegations that, you know, if he was having sex with her, that would be sex trafficking of a minor. So somebody called Matt Gates' pop-up, Pops, Matt Gates' dad, and said, hey, for 25 million bucks, I can get your son out of this. Well, that guy has now come forward, the uh, extorter, the alleged extorter of the Gates family. And he said, no, 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 no. See, uh, I needed the $25 to track down this other FBI agent who could clear Matt Gates' name. Now, how do you know exactly how much money you're going to need to track someone down if it ain't, you know bribe money or hush money or hush puppy money I don't know but this Matt Gates story is getting intriguing so uh, I, I will when it's all said and done I'll give my opinion and thoughts when the investigation of representative Matt Gates of Florida is finished when the investigation into this person that tried to get $25 million from Matt's, Matt Gates' father uh, is finished. I will weigh in on it, but uh, if you want to read some interesting soap opera shit that it could only go down in the swamp of Washington, D.C., check out this Matt Gates melodramatica. It's, it's going to be a hootenanny. With that, folks, thank you very much for listening Think for yourselves, man. Don't believe the stuff the media is telling you. This stuff with the 
Major League All-Star game was, it, it, I think it's faker than wrestling. It is faker than professional wrestling. Uh, it's it, it's baloney stuffings. Major League Baseball moved that game for its own financial benefit, I think, uh, some way or another. They move it from a city that's 51% African American to a city that is 10% African American. Uh, who's the true racist here? Is it a law that's written on a piece of paper? Or is it the humanoids that run Major League Baseball? I'll leave it for you to decide, but look look at the other side of this coin with where Major League Baseball chose to take their all-star game to. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with this Georgia law because the law is basically the same in uh, Colorado. In fact, I mean, it's almost identical in Colorado. But the Colorado law has been on the books for a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyways, so God bless y'all. Pray for one another. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your time on earth. God bless you again.